This is Voices of Lancashire, a podcast about migrants who live in Lancashire and made their home here. I am your host, Lara Mumesso. I live in Lancashire and I am an Italian migrant myself. Voices of Lancashire is born out of my personal experience, which I am sure is shared by many other immigrants. How many times have people asked us the question, where are you from? And how many times have the same people made assumptions about who we are and what we do here, precisely because of our nationality? Assumptions that do not necessarily correspond to our life stories. Out of this experience, I decided to create Voices of Lancashire, a space where migrants who live in Lancashire talk about their life stories, why and how they moved to Lancashire, their impressions of this part of the world, their ambitions and their everyday life experiences in a place that has become their permanent or temporary home. For this first series, Voices of Lancashire will consist of 12 episodes published fortnightly, each with an immigrant living in one of Lancashire County districts. If you are an immigrant interested to know more about the experiences of other fellow immigrants, or a local interested to know more about the life experiences of your new neighbors, this podcast is definitely for you. Follow me. Hi everyone, today's episode is with Bahar, a Turkish migrant who arrived in Chorley, a small market town in Lancashire, and she arrived here about one year ago. The process that took Bahar over here is very dynamic, and it started actually in 2017, so be ready to follow us through an interesting chat. Thank you so much, Bahar, for being with us today. Thank you, Lara. I'm also very excited being with you. Thank you so much. Actually, I want to start from the place you come from. You're from Adana a large city in southern Turkey. I've never been to Turkey, so when you mentioned that you are from Adana, I checked online about this city, and it is promoted as a historical site. And actually, I'm not, this is a curiosity. I wonder if you know about it. What's interesting about this place is that uh, it seems that it's the oldest city in history whose name has never been changed, and it is still used today. D- did you know about that? Yes, I know it. Because I like history and I like searching the history behind the culture and the cities. That's the way I know. There are inscriptions dating back to 1650 before Christian era, where the Adana region is mentioned as Uru Adania. So this means that the name Adana is more than 3,600 years old. And today it's still used in the same way it was written on the inscriptions. So it's quite interesting. Definitely from what I saw online, a place to go. So, Baha, you spent most of your life there. Let's say more or less the first 30 years of your life. And so I'm curious to know a bit more about Adana. So what you have left there, how would you describe Adana to someone who has never been there? How was your life there? What did you used to do? And maybe if you want to also share with us, what were your dreams about your life when you were there before moving away? My dreams was... After graduated, I would like to work in the sales department, which is related with travel. You need to visit your customers. You need to visit in other cities. I find myself I can be more successful when I have 
related and communicated with other people. And that was my dream. So after I graduated university, I would like to start one of the commercial company. And then being a CEO, this was my previous dream. <laughs> yes. How was your life there? What were you doing? So I born in Adana and till I graduated from university, I did live there. I love Adana. It is the hottest city in Turkey, especially for summertime, mostly 45, 50 degree. <laughs> That's the why people, when they're working under the sunshine over 45, they can be a little bit angry, but they are always friendly. <laughs> And the population is over one and a half million. And the background is mostly people, they were doing farming there. That's why we have fresh food and more than thousand restaurants in the town. So wherever you go, one kilometer with walking distance, you can see more than 100 restaurants around you. And the restaurants are really big, like 500 people they can serve in one time. So this is the culture where I came from. I love eating. I love eating fresh food, good food. And even in my hometown, everybody has their specific restaurant to go and eat meats. It is a bit meat special restaurants. Uh, most of them are kebab restaurants. Some different cuisines also opening last 10 years. But when I grow, grow up in that years it was different and uh, most of the people even they are not their parents they their parents were farmers that's the why they always have their products like wheat flour bulgur uh, orange like different fruits it is very famous so this is what i miss when i living away from my hometown fresh food and good restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about heat, food, fruit, and yes, you're here in uh, Lancashire. And I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, there are places where you can find good food. I think I kind of demolished my stereotype about uh, British cuisine in this regard. But yeah, heat and fruit, not very much. So I guess you miss them a lot. Yeah, fresh vegetables. And fresh fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the background of your family? My grandparents were, were farmers and my family, my mom, she's housemaid. My father, he was an officer working for government. We are four sisters and brothers. I am the second oldest one. <laughs> I know that when we were having a chat before this interview, you said I was happy with my life. Satisfied, right? Yes, uh, I'm happy there because people now see each other, even for a big population. But if you're living on the same town, so everybody knows each other, you have your specific restaurant to go, you have your friends whenever you want to go out, they always come to meet with you. And like life was easier than normal, actually. I had no problem living in Adana, actually. I always love to live in there because there is a big lake also. It's, so if you want to go whenever you want, you can go have a picnic nearby the lake. Yeah, like easy and chill life. 
Good. So that was your life once you were there. And then, as I know from what you shared with me, all of a sudden you decided that it was time to leave. So I wonder what happened to make you change your mind. And why did you have this new drive and what did you decide to do? There was a student program when I was going to university. It is work and travel. It was very famous that time. They can give students a chance to go another country little bit work there, save for travel money. This was what I joined. I went to America for four months and I came back to Adana and I was feeling Adana is so small for me. It was so big after I was all uh, like some cities and living in America. After I came back, I was thinking, oh, I missed something all my life. I need to see other cultures. I need to meet with other people who can speak different language. And actually, that was the beginning of my idea. But I did start working as a salesperson. I got promoted. I had a like good career. It was beginning of my good career, actually. I did work five years and I was feeling, oh, everything same, every, like the routine. I repeat the routine in my life and I was feeling I was stuck there because there is something around the world I don't know. <laughs> and I decided to quit my job. It was not easy that time because there was no no one front me to go somewhere and show me what they are doing. This was my feeling. In 2017, there was a bloggers and the YouTubers traveler bloggers and the traveler YouTubers that became popular. And I was reading a lot how people quit their job, how they survive, how they see in different countries, how they go there. It was always exciting for me. And the one day I said, okay, I can go three months. And after I came back, I can find another job whenever I want. The country is here. You know, whenever I came back, I can search another job and work. And I said, my family, I want to learn different language than English. And I decided to learn French. And I searched some volunteer job to work in local French places and then learn some French while I am having a different experience. And then I said to my family, this is only three months. After three months, I'll come back. Because they were always worried about me. I had already a good job. Why I quit my job and go somewhere? What will happen after that? They never seen something like this. It was uh, difficult for them to accept. But they know me. If they don't accept, I will go. If they accept, I will go. It's the uh, same result. So they had to accept my decision. And... Do you want me to continue about my travel? Yeah, definitely. I want you to go through all your experiences because those three months, as we will say, will be much longer than three months and they won't be just France. But let's talk about it in a second. I'm very curious about what you just mentioned, especially when we are young. We have this drive to know a bit more. We realize that where we live is so tiny and we want to see the world, right? We leave all our security. You know, you had a job, you had your family and friends support. So, yes, I want 
want uh, you to talk a little bit, first of all, what, uh, not just only what your family thought about you leaving all this, but also your friends. When you told them, I want to leave, I, li I give up my job, I quit my job. What did they tell you? And how did you react to that reaction? It was different, definitely. One of my university friends, before I quit my job, I sat down with him and I said to him, look, I have planned to go because I want to learn this, 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 and it's so excited for me, blah, blah. And then he said to me, Bahar, you're already working five years. It is in the middle of your career. After that, you can have all the doors open for you because you already climb all the mountains. It is on the summit and you are going to quit. So this is not right. And I said to him, okay, this is what you think. And But I'm going to quit my job. After two months, I left my job. I came to sit down with him again. And then he said to me, Bahar, you know what? I was thinking what you're saying all the time. And I think you are right. Because he has the, like, more or less, he has the same lifestyle like me. He has a good job and he graduated from the same department with me. Same life, same hometown. And then after two months, he changed his mind and he said, you are doing very good job, Bar. It's so brave. I can't do it, but I support you. <laughs> That's nice. Was there anyone who instead told you you're crazy? Everybody. It was always like this. It was always like this. Because whenever something say, people say something and I was always thinking, I don't tell them, but I was always thinking, Bahar, you are not them. You you are different. So you can do it. If somebody tell you you can't, you can do it. But don't argue with them. Just accept what they say and do what you want. <laughs> That's very, very smart. But the first time when you leave everything, it requires some degree of courage, I think. It is. It is risky because I have limited budget. If I wanted to leave one more month, So my budget is not available for this. So I have to solve this problem. Also, I had a mortgage payment. So this will take next three years also. If I quit my job and go travel around, who is going to pay my mortgage? <laughs> But there is saying something like this. If you want to go to India on the road, end of the your travel. If you go to India, there is something different. There is something wrong on your way because, you know, I wanted to learn French and go to France and I'm living in UK. I think this is the right way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a matter of uh, having ambitions, plans, goals in life, but also being flexible to what happens on the way. And now I want you to share with us what happened on the way. You went to France and then? It is the Argonne Natural Park. My host was living there in the middle of the natural park. It's a couple, British couple. <laughs> they, they don't speak French. They had a, like small houses and a little farm. They run the houses, like rent for the travelers. Like they live in the farm. They gave me a small caravan out of nowhere. <laughs> I, did, I did live one month there. Like from the beginning was so scary because there is no no voice, nobody around, no light. I was living by myself in the middle of the forest. There is a small caravan. I have only a door protect me from outside and nobody can speak English. 
but they were so friendly. They get used to it. They host uh, different people from different countries. So it was uh, very first for me, but they get used to it. And I did help them for painting, look after the animal and some uh, cleaning to share your kitchen. It's our responsibility. Something like this. They have scheduled four hours from morning till one o'clock, four hours work, and then you are free. The nature, natural park was uh, nearby the oceans. And after afternoon, we were spent our time in the oceans, near, uh, walking there, going to like going different restaurants with my other volunteer friends. You were never alone because there is other volunteers around you from other countries and they can share their story with you, which is very impressive for me from the first time. Yeah. So this is France. And then? I couldn't learn French because they can't speak English. I can't speak French. And I found, I kind of find that difficult. But I had a, I still had a visa to travel around Europe and England. And I said to myself, so this is my chance. I already quit my job. Why not? I can go other countries and work there as a volunteer and meet with local people. And I start traveling and working volunteers around Europe. Germany, Belgium, Poland, Czech Republic, Spain, Luxembourg and England. I work with disabled people. I work in yoga retreat centers with farm, pick up the strawberries, hotels. I do painting, look after animals. I met lots of local people while doing volunteer jobs, which is amazing experience for me because all my life I was living in Adana without seeing other countries. I was uh, very happy to travel also and sharing different experience with different local people. Is there anything you've learned through this moving around and meeting also local people, something that is there in your heart? Learn means like a, like a, no, no, I did learn very quickly because uh, I like to adapt it with the, their life. Like there is uh, some people, they live in the, in the farm without communicate the city life. Uh, they have compost toilets, like they do their bread themselves. They pick up the strawberries. They were sleeping on the ground. So it was really difficult for me, but just accept that. And also disabled in Bruges, there is a one disabled lady. She is a bit short and uh, her house made for her. When you want to make food in the kitchen, you have to go down to make it. It is a bit different experience for me, but... I started to understand her lifestyle and her difficulties in her life, which is very valuable for me. And I did paint her bathroom and bedroom while I am living with her 15 days. But if you're working with other women, you feel more safe because I understand she also feels more safe living with me. And then she did help me to go to Bruges and I met with her friends who are local there. So it was really good time to spend with them. It is very interesting. I could stay here for hours listening to these stories and different, the different kind of people you met and how you approached and saw the world through their eyes because that's also what stays with me about my trips, my travels in the past. Every time I could use the eyes 
an experience of local or anyway other people to learn something more about that place where I was and also learn about myself because and grow up with them as well. Yes, you don't have borders, so you are free and nobody knows you. They can't judge you because they don't know you. Yes, that that's true. <laughs> Easy to accept yourself to, in a different way. After that, that travels became nine months actually. And it's just happened. It was, plan was three months and that travel became nine months. And while I am doing that travel, I came to Dover in England. I work with one of the local ladies. And she has a polytunnel, you know, green polytunnels. And I help her to pick up the, her vegetables and uh, do some handworking jobs. And while I am in England, I said myself, so I can go to London to see the big cities. And while I am traveling around London, I went to one of uh, vintage shop in Portobello Road. And I met one of the Turkish girls. She was working there. And then I offered her beer to go out after her work. And then she accepted. She was the, my first friend in UK. She shared with me her experience, how she came, how she ended up in London to start there. And then she also offered me, you already quit your job. Why you not try to start working in England? It is different experience for you. And also I can help you about the paperwork and find a job. And that was my plan to stay there in three days. And then in that three days, I decided to live in UK. <laughs> <laughs> When was it? Which year? End of 2017. I think December. So 2017, December, you are in London. In three days, you decide that you will be staying here and work here. So from then up to now, what happened? How did you end up in Chorley? But first of all, what happened in between in, this, uh, in these few years? Because I, I found quite interesting the story. Quickly, I found a job as a waitress. And I work in London and save some money. Again, that friend, Dijle, she helped me to find a place to live in Portsmouth. I saved money to rent a house in Portsmouth. And then we, uh, we had an idea about business, like let subletting and then running hostel, hotel. This was always our ideas. And then I did visit all the estate agencies and we were talking about our plans, our business plans. And then only one of the estate agencies accept our business plan. And he gave us three houses to do let subletting and the, one of the houses we cover as a guest house and we put that house in booking.com. It was really good business from the beginning of my UK career. <laughs> and then she was my business partner. She already has an experience. She always teach me how to do, what to do. That business became very good in a couple of months. And we said ourselves, oh, this is very good business and we can improve ourselves year by year and then COVID arrived and when COVID arrived all the customers left the houses and we couldn't run the business and we gave our houses back to the estate agency and then the business goes down the business closed 
So that was a difficult time for us. And then one of my friends, he, he has a coffee shop. He said to me to run the coffee shop and then buy COVID and then you will see what you want and you can go whenever you want. And then I moved to Maidenet and I became a coffee shop manager and barista <laughs> without any experience. But I went to course to learn how to make a coffee and understand the coffee beans, coffee mix and the taste. A type of coffees. It was really excited for me to learn a different process and good coffee. I love coffee. Everybody loves coffee. Who who don't who doesn't like? That was very good for me. And in the coffee shop, all the bakeries comes from outside. The fresh croissant, fresh donuts. That was very attractive for me. And then I said myself, I have to learn something different. So why not? I can learn some bakery. And then I went to London to get a couple of courses about bakery courses in Borough Market. And then I came back to continue at the coffee shop. And I said myself, what can I do more? How can I improve myself? Because that was nearly one and a half or two years. And everything same routine again. And I said myself, being a barista or coffee shop manager is okay for you for rest of your life. And I said, maybe I can learn something in the kitchen so before christmas we went to bath with my husband there was a really nice breakfast shop everybody was queuing outside and then we ate some different breakfast and i said myself i can start from this i can be a breakfast chef because it's easy and the first level to being in the kitchen and after i think i can be a breakfast chef in 15 days i was starting one of the kitchen as a breakfast chef it is just happened you know if you know the way to walk and then there is always different way you can go this is happened the hotel nearby my house just five minutes walking they were looking for weekend breakfast chef and i went there i made them a egg poached egg and then he just offered me a job and i start being a Chef. <laughs> Great. So this last uh, experience as a chef eventually brought you to Chorley. How did it happen? In that restaurant, in one month, I became a kitchen manager because there was no staff and they only see me. I can work there full time. And then I became a, a kitchen manager and chef in the Japanese restaurant. I have no idea about Japanese restaurants. <laughs> but I learned everything. Oh, that Japanese restaurant, everything without sushi. And I went to London to learn sushi five weeks just to complete the cuisine. And while I am working there, my husband was looking for another job. And then he found a job in Chorley, uh, in uh, Preston. That's the way we end up here. I had to follow him. <laughs> Yeah, and eventually you found a job as a chef, right? Yes. Being a chef is really good experience. And I think everybody right now looking for a chef. <laughs> but but this time I start in Italian cuisine, which is different than Japanese. And I start learning a fresh sauce, pasta, bolognese sauce, like different starters. So it is very really exciting for me. It's more fresh food they use. 
and I'm still learning. Listening to you, how you move from not just geographically one place to the other, but also professionally from one business to the other. I'm amazed listening to you. It doesn't take too much to understand that you are a very curious and entrepreneurial person. You're quite unique. So how important do you think are these two features when you migrate abroad or anyway in your life? I mean, if you are not curious, you can live in one town forever and being happy. There is nothing wrong with that. But I was always thinking there is lots of things outside. So I have to learn a couple of, I have to pick a couple of them to learn different perspectives because different culture, different background, different history, different weather, different food, lots of differences, This is what I love to learn. And also when I came here and the UK gave me a chance to learn different skills because I was a salesperson, but this is not a job, actually. I was thinking, this is not a job. I can't work in everywhere. And I was thinking, I have to learn one job. Wherever I move, I can work there with that job. That's the why I became a chef, because you can go all around the world and work as a chef. Sales is different because it's a different perspective. People have their network here and also they speak their mother language. So I can compare myself with people who are grow here. They can speak really good English and they have their network. And that's the why I changed my career actually. But being a chef is good. If you are a good, you can work as a chef in everywhere. So you can still competitive with others. <laughs> Compete with the local market, indeed. So, Bahar, through all these experiences, jobs, places, what have you learned about British society and people or culture? First of all, I love history. I love to keep culture and the routines. I learned from British society, they also love to keep their culture especially pop culture and the family business culture. I mean, it's very valuable for the British society to keep the family business like the same as like olden days. And there is lots of family business more than 100 years, which is very valuable. I found very valuable. Wherever I go for holiday, I always search historical place and the historical restaurants, historical pubs. There is a huge pop culture here. I love it. I love to learn. They have the same process like 100 years ago. They do the same process and make the beer. And tasting the beer, it's like going to 100 years ago, which is amazing for me. And also from the British society, I learned don't postpone your plans. Make in advance plans. <laughs> Even even if it's rainy weather, don't postpone your plan. Otherwise, you can't make it. The rain. This is something I still, I, I don't think I have learned it. And they keep on telling me, Lara, if you keep on living here, you never do things. Because as Italian, I'm used to that if it rains, I just don't do things. I wait for, the, for when the sun comes. But that's not a good approach in this country. Exactly. In my hometown, when it's raining, Everybody stay at home because there's not too much rain. There is not often. But here, always rain. So if you 
refuse your plans. You can't make it. I decided to buy a rainproof clothes to go out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also in advance plan, which is very good, especially for holidays. If you want to go around UK, you need to make in advance plans. It's, it's different than what I learned before, because when I want to go holidays, even for short term, I can ride a car and stay somewhere and find a hotel to stay there and go to the beach. It was like happened like this. But in here, you have to make an advanced plan. Otherwise, you can't find anywhere to go. <laughs> yes, the booking. You need to book in advance. And spend your time for your hobbies. This is what I learned from the society. And in, in my hometown, if you are uh, over 50, 60, they were all sitting at home waiting on the retirement time, just waiting and look after their grandchildren, which is not the right thing for them. I am always sorry for them, but this is how they learn and how they're doing right now because they never seen different ways to life. But in here, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can go to pub, you can go to bar, you can go to learn different hobbies. So they, they are everywhere, which is, I love it. If I live here, I want to be one of them. <laughs> I don't want to stop flirting with others. I don't want to stop playing guitar outside, walking, taking pictures, look after my dogs. You know, it is valuable for their life. Yes, uh, I agree completely. Most probably this is also very often linked to the fact that I think Turkey is slightly similar to Italy in, in, with regard to the fact that once you get older, you are still very much framed within your family. So your grandchildren, your children, whereas here they are still important, but you, are, you, be, you maintain your individuality. You're not just a grandfather or a grandmother, but you are also part of society. Yes, yes. An active member of society indeed. Good. Thank you so much. So this is what you discovered about uh, British society. When you tell people, local people, that you are from Turkey, what do British people know? about Turkey and does it reflect the world you come from? Not exactly too much things, but they know weather, uh, they know Mediterranean part, uh, Antalya, it is very touristic. Uh, they mostly go to summer holiday in Antalya and they know something about good food, all-inclusive hotels <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, short-term summer holidays actually. But they like it. They like the food. They like people. They like the quality of the travel. But not too much things. <laughs> Is there any prejudice that c you come across uh, and you actually would like to dismantle? or you, you, It's not necessarily you don't like, but you see that there is a pattern about Turkey in Britain. No, because you need to know first and then you can have some ideas. But between Turkey and UK, I think it is because the visa st status is different for Turkish people. It's, it is a bit difficult and you need to pay a bit more to come here for, for a holiday. From UK to Turkey, it is more easy to go. When I live in Turkey, I don't have their lifestyle. I only know the weather about UK. Actually, I don't know the history. I mean, of course, we know 
from university, from high school, we know the history, but not the lifestyle. And that's the why I can't tell you about I'm thinking like this before I, I come here. So because I didn't know that. And also from UK, people also doesn't know the, the social life and the government issues. They just come for a short vacation, short holiday. It was always good. Holidays are always good. So we don't know each other. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I want to ask a little bit, uh, because you've been away from your home about seven years. It was supposed to be three months, right? So seven years after, what would you tell about your family? Did they support you in this process? And also, do you think that they changed as you exposed them to your life choices that are quite unique? No. <laughs> <laughs> they they always ex- expecting to me go back to my hometown and live with them. I mean, nearby them, but not so far away. I always try to explain them why I am here and what I learned, but she always compare with what she saw in uh, her hometown because she loved her hometown. She's always saying, there is nothing nice here. Why are you living there? Even if I explain her why I am here, but she doesn't want to accept. <laughs> she wants me there next to her. And what's your view with regard to that? It is seven years. It is also a lot for me, especially my, like, when I was 30 years old, I did start travel. I am 36 right now. That six years was surviving for me. Good and bad, but always learn. I don't know because of my age or because of my experience. I am always confused about my feelings, but I became more open mind less stressful before my job my career where I live it was so important now nothing important than what I want or maybe both right it's very hard to divide them precisely because we age we also experience more and the other way around and sometimes it's not comparing but I was seeing my friend's life like They have same background like me. They grow up in Adana. They graduated from the same university. They start in a good commercial company as a salesperson. And they are now in mid-level managers. And they have also good life in Adana. But there is always something you don't like it. And then you will tell the others. Even if you are living there, if you are living in UK, there is always something. So we need to change our perspective. Yes, I completely agree. <laughs> I wonder what does your family mean to you and what do you what do you think you mean to them? Yeah, also I am learning having a family. It is not always like one way to having a family. So like day by day it is a lot for me having your relatives, your cousins, your family around you which is priceless. That sometimes makes me sad because I am living away from them. But there's always some things you have to live there and go somewhere or you have to live, go somewhere and stay here. So that's the why I said we need to change our perspective instead of saying, oh, I miss this. 
I don't like living like this. But my family means a lot for me, even though I don't see them very often. But close future, I would like to see them more often. From the beginning, I was telling myself a couple of years experience and then I can go back to my hometown, live with my family and friends around me. But now I don't, my, my plans have changed because now I also feel a little bit belong here, a little bit belong there. It is the point right now I am in the middle because whenever I go holiday around UK, I always search the writers around the holiday vacation and what happened around there after I learn all the cultures, like all the history, I was feeling I am a bit belong here because I give my energy to learn the cultures. It is very important for me. So actually, this is the question I asked towards the end. But since you mentioned it, I, maybe we j- just break it down again. Do you feel like you belong either to Lancashire or the UK? If I go outside from Lancashire, I feel myself I am on holiday. When I came to Lancashire, I feel, okay, this is the place I know it. Because I know where can I go for a coffee. I know where can I buy Where can I go for butchers? Which restaurant is good? And which park is better after rain? You can see the waterfalls. All these arts, all these arts uh, make me to feel yeah, I belong here. Knowing places, knowing, yes, being familiar with the environment for me is also very important. Or when I can say hello to this and that person when I walk on the street. I have another question before moving to the last one. When we had our first chat, you told me, uh, so I frame all of us as migrants, then obviously there are different ways to talk about ourselves. And you said, I am actually a traveler. What does it mean to you, this term, traveler? Traveler means you are always on the road. You will never feel, okay, it's okay right now, I can sit down. And that because of these feelings, i did start as a service person, which is you need to travel and visit your customers. You need to travel in other cities and other countries. And in Turkey, we have 81 cities. I did travel around 70 cities. After that, I did travel Europe. I came here still every day around Lancashire. I have a map. I am searching which place we didn't go before because It's always excited. You never know what will happen there. And there is a one tree or one flower, like endemic flower you can see maybe, or a little waterfall if you, if, if you discover, which is important for me. Travel is, I think, my life. That's great. So now I come with the very last question, which is very much related to what you just said. So do you think or plan to return to Turkey eventually? From the beginning, yes. But when I spent more time, this plan comes behind me. I don't know what will happen because while I am here for seven years, all my friends, they get married. They have, they have their children all grow up and I never seen them. I mean, I seen them for the short term. I, I was not there while they are growing up. My family, they are getting older and I was not there. This is the part of, I feel a bit sad because I 
I I wanted to be there, but at the same time I wanted to stay here. So it is like a two life, but also I found a bit impressive and difficult because this is a one life. We need to prove ourselves twice in one life. It's not easy. These are the difficult parts of thinking. Continue to live here, go there, to live with your family and friends. I think it needs to be a, like two parts of year. Six months I can live here, six months I, I can live in my hometown, which is make me very happy, but it's not possible right now. I don't know. <laughs> it's a matter of planning and thinking. I just keep on having thousands of ideas somehow. I could indeed live in between because I have very similar feelings as well. I just want to correct you. You didn't prove yourself just twice. You proved yourself many times, I think, in your life because you moved a lot in every single time, building up our opportunities, what we are from, from scratch, more or less. Yes, but there is also one more important question. So this is not only two countries I want to live. I want to live in other countries also. But there is always lose opportunities. You lose that opportunity to live there if you move somewhere else. I want to live in Caribbean. So it is a completely different culture also. I want to see that I want to see the people how they having fun, how they celebrate their birthdays, how they accept the weather change. I don't know, it is different life. I wanted to live in Caribbean also. So it might be the next uh, project, right? We decided to go there to live two years ago. It was very exciting. And then we checked all our materials with my husband and we said, not the right time. We should a bit, we should stay a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep me updated on your next steps. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I will. <laughs> Good. I think that with this, uh, today's interview with Bahar will come to an end. Bahar, thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing with us this interesting story as a traveler, as a migrant, as a woman, a young woman. And uh, thanks to our audience for being with us. See you at the next episode. Stay tuned. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye bye.